we're gonna make magic brandana that's what's gonna be this this background is annoying me though i'm sorry (laughs) it does kind of make your face disappear it's a good it's a good idea it's a good it's fun little cross we'll just get it in there for the vid yep so they know that how do i know how do i take it off oh my god this is let me help you a disaster Welcome back, everybody, to the most awesome and Brandana Sports Podcast coming at you as we always do. And we have a dynamite episode 114 for your eardrums. Guys, do us a favor, please subscribe, leave five stars, tell a friend, shoot us an email at mabsportspodcast at gmail.com. I am Brandana, and with me, as always, doing his corn thing, most awesome. That's right, keeping it corn sheen, baby. <laughs> Looking it. nice. Dude, how's it going, man? How's it hanging? What's the haps? Good, brother. You know what I realized last pod when oh. you're like, you always are like, how you doing? How you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm good, good, good. Me, 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 me. And then I never turn it over to Brandana. I know. Never, I never return the favor. So how are you doing, bro? I just lock up. I'm just like put on the spot. I'm just like, how am I doing? I don't know. I'm good, brother. I'm it's like, ping. Like just. <laughs> I think you know that if I have something to say, I'm going to get my thoughts in there edgewise sure. regardless. Guys, we got a jam-packed episode 114. We're going to rip from the headlines, the Last Dance documentary. Going to hit the MAB inbox. Got a couple in there. MA, MA parenting tip. We're doing quarantine watch week seven. Going to check in, see what's going on in the most awesome household. Going to do a yep. Neapolitan showdown. We're talking worst things about house parties. Going to jump into the Brandana Gambling Corner. Got some quarantine under overs to tackle. Then we're going to finish as we always do with our MVP of the week. Ladies and gentlemen, you're our power. It starts now. brother we're doing the last dance documentary why do we talk about that this week because the second biggest thing aside from the nfl draft has been the conversation of the last dance this 10-part series documentary featuring michael jordan uh and the last the final season the 97 98 season of the chicago bulls where it all kind of started falling apart and it's uh it's good for those who don't know the story of MJ and the Bulls to, to kind of get up to speed on it. Yeah, so you're, uh, you're four episodes deep. We're able to catch up with where yep. they're at. Yep, four episodes in as we're recording tonight. Episodes five and six will be going off, and I, I have a feeling that they're going to get into the Dream Team, you know, 1992, into that a little bit as well, too. That's good. Yeah, I want to see a little bit of that. So this one thing, this is probably the most kind of exposure to – like behind the scenes, Michael Jordan, that has ever happened, which has always been a curi- curious thing, right? Because it's just kind of <clears throat> growing up and seeing him, like all the McDonald's commercials. And as he got a little bit older and he had his Hall of Fame speech, it's just like, oh, is this guy like, is he like an asshole? Is he not just kind of this America's like sweetheart, like just kind of role model that you want him to be? But I think this actually is kind of doing, I think the reverse of what Michael Jordan was probably afraid of. Not that I really think he gives that much of a shit, right. but- 
I think when you're able to see him being a quote unquote asshole, but in context, you actually see that it's just like, it's just this insane drive to be the best. So it kind of, it kind of comes off less like he had all these grudges, which I think we kind of got in his hall of fame speech. And it's more just like, Oh, this guy is hyper competitive in a way that that phrase doesn't even give it justice. Right. Yeah. It's, it truly doesn't frame or can, you know, give context to just the competitive nature that is within, you know, Michael Jordan. And also too, it's like, it's really the thing that's the, that, that really stood out to me the most is, is the, the focus of that drive, right? It wasn't about just sheer competition and beating it, but he really, and I don't know why I wouldn't have assumed this, but the thing that really stands out to me is, is like, then how he started to realize himself in in the context of the global NBA game. How do I, what do I need to do? Where do I need to go? And it was like, I need to get, I can't just, you know, take this abuse from the Pistons. I have to get my body right. So he physically trains that. And then he realizes that he has to get his teammates involved with like the, you know, the, the, you know, up and coming Tex Winters, I shouldn't say up and coming, it was like 70 when it came in, but Tex Winters and Phil Jackson. And it's like, Oh, I have to defer to my teammates. I can't just go out there and score the ball and score average 37 points a game. I got to go and facilitate. And it's like, and it's all those things where it's like, all right, he was very calculated about his dominance and that's the thing that really stood out to me and just how, you know, how it burned at him in a way that I don't think we see in today's modern NBA, at least, you know, from the, from the, you know, the appearance that we see as fans. Yeah. I was a little weird. Like there's, um, there's just like an obsession and you kind of want to see the genesis of it. It's just like, Oh, cut from his high school team. Like, like what was like, uh, you know, it's kind of up and coming. And it's like, when, where's this drive? And I just, I really get the vibe of, and I know it's been said before, but like he just absolutely hated to lose. Yeah. And, so, and, it, and they talked a little bit in the beginning. I think it was in episode two about just how hyper-competitive his household was with him and his brothers and the way that his mom and his dad kind of structured their house, right? Oh, and yeah. he said, he said, he mentioned like, it was basically like, you know, he was competing for the affection of his dad, which is, yeah. that was kind of like the genesis of it. And something, you, you know, you don't see in like Space Jam or any of that other stuff. And you knew that there was the bond between him and his dad. And, you know, when his dad was, was killed and that's what led him to, you know, on paper, at least go to the, uh, to baseball to fulfill that dream, you know, kind of an honor and homage to his father. But what you didn't see is, is like how starved for affection he was from his dad. And that just like consumed or that just like such had such influence on him as a child to then, well, if I'm going to do anything, it has to be done to the, like the excellence of my abilities and I have to give everything into it. So everything became this, like, if I'm going to do this, I'm going, if I'm going to set my mind to it, I have to like become the best at it. And it's like, it's like the perfect melding of, of like a, like a second coming athlete. And then this mindset, this like mental strength to, to do that. It's, it's fascinating to me. Yeah. It's, it's a great look in on something that uh, I think it hits us right in the sweet spot. If you're a little bit younger than we are, probably it's yeah. just, I said like almost like a, just kind of a historical reference of like, this is what went down just to right. kind of put all that stuff in context and feel like you were there. One thing, if I was going to nitpick a little bit on the doc um, before we get into some more of the specifics, it would be, I wish it was linear. 
Yeah. Like there's two different styles you can do, right? You can do linear and everybody chimes in as the timeline moves, or you can do like Scotty Pippen. What was your take on this? And Scotty Pippen tells his story and which is, which, which is what they're kind of doing. And then Dennis Rodman, it's like, kind of tell your story. They do kind of cut back and forth, but it's like, sometimes I'm just like, Oh wait, okay. We're, Oh shit. Okay. We're back in 1991. Like this is the right. first championship. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like, some, some of those big shots. I'm just like, shit. Like I wish I could get the timeline together in my head on like when he kind of does that first floater against the Cavs or whatever. Right, right, yeah, exactly. Against against Elo there, which uh, no, I, I I get that. I I think like uh, for someone who probably has followed it, it, for me, it's not as it it's not as jarring to like kind of like acclimate acclimate yourself to it. Yeah. Um, and you know, I did actually read Jordan Rules, which is that Sam Smith, one of the guys who's got the mustache, who was one of the guys who was like the a journalist in Chicago, kind of commenting on all that who hated and had like a blood feud with like uh, Jerry Krause. Um, I read Jordan rules. I actually pulled it back out just because I'm like, I want to see if I remember some of these things that were in that book kind of coming to, to light in this, in this documentary. Um, but I do, there is something to be said about like, if you're going to get everyone invested in this, not just like the hardcore basketball fans because i don't think like the hardcore basketball fans are learning a ton that's new maybe some of the the earlier stuff like i talked about with his family life like that was really interesting to me the other thing that was really interesting and we'll probably touch on it later is like the jerry Krause phil jackson dynamic because i just didn't remember that at all um but then like you know for the for the casual basketball fan or like you said for even the younger people it really, you really want to shepherd them through this process and see the evolution of Michael Jordan, because that to me is as fascinating as like, we all know, like everyone's going to know the three Pete, the two years off, and then the other three Pete, but the evolution of Jordan, like you could spend four hours just on that. Yeah, I get it. It does open the doors to get it a lot more interesting. And I think it makes it, uh, that's a great point too, just accessible to, you don't even have to be like an NBA nut. You can just be like, oh yeah, I remember yeah. when People Magazine had the cover of Dennis Rodman in Wedding Dress. Like, let's kind of talk about like how that <laughs> happened where we're at. Right, right, right. Um, okay, Pippen, uh, gr- the greatest number two of all time? I think he has to be, right? I mean, it's, and they, they talked about it in the doc that how well, you know, Jordan understood, like that's the thing, like Jordan understood how unique Pippen was and how he needed him and also not just like on the court, but, but how he needed him off the court. And like a, if you stand with Scotty, like he will, he will, he will ride with you. He's not going to be the guy that's going to, you know, kick open the door and be the first one through the door, but he needs that. He needs that shoulder to be like, you know, he needs that accountability person with him and I can be that guy. And then I can bring the most out of him it's really interesting how he understood the dynamic of his teammates. Yeah. So uh, was there a time at least like maybe two or three years that Scotty Pippen, Pippen was um, arguably the second best player in the league? See, that's, I mean, that, that might be a little bit right. like, so his biggest knock was obviously just like he played with Jordan. So it's like, how could, how well could he be? And he had like the famous meltdown when Jordan was gone and they were in the playoffs and they didn't run the play for him and they ran it for Ku coach. Oh, yeah. uh, and and that was like, you know, he was throwing the chair and everything like that. And um, he didn't, you know, Scottie Pippen had a lot of moments where he didn't rise to the occasion. He had a lot of unexpected moments and those are the highlights. But when, when, when it was his team and his time to take the, you know, the mantle places as the best player on the, the Bulls team when Jordan was playing baseball, I mean, he was very good, 
but it wasn't like, oh my God, he's not winning an MVP. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know what the biggest thing that happened in his basketball career? It was growing that five inches over the summer. Height is so important and you can't control oh, it. Like they just started plugging in. I think Rodman had like a similar story. Like these guys were just yeah. like, oh, they're okay. And then they would come back like their senior year. And all of a sudden, like they grew half a foot and it's just yeah. like, okay, game changer. Yeah. Anthony Davis is the same way. And it's, it's interesting because these guys are, you know, Pippen held on to those guard skills. Yeah. Same thing with Anthony Davis. And then grew, went from like a 6'2", you know, Anthony Davis was like 6'2", as a freshman, and then left senior year and like, you know, was almost 6'11". It's, it is so insane, like how that happens. You know what I mean? I know. And it's just, uh, it's just kind of like a little bit of that genetics lottery where it's just like, okay, now I can actually chase this NBA career. <laughs> like yeah. back, back when I was like 5'11", my sophomore year, like it was a little touch and go. But right. now that I'm rocking 6'7", and I can like have extreme well, like ball handling skills, let's do this. Well, that's the other thing too that just stands out now is, is like now nobody is – like Scottie Pippen or Dennis Rodman aren't going to Central Arkansas and South Southeastern Oklahoma State. You know what I mean? Like these guys are – on the AAU circuit so much more you'll see ascensions where guys will come out of nowhere and then rise up like a, you know, uh, Mitch McGarry, I'm just thinking of, you know, and, and Glenn Robbins in the third, um, you know, big dog son, both signed with Michigan and they were like, you know, mid fifties to 75 rated high, you know, high school players. Then in one summer they jumped as like Mitch McGarry was like the number two player all, overall in the country, you know, I just don't see like a Scottie Pippen, you know, nowadays signing with the central Arkansas, he signs with a much bigger program and, and, you know, it does, isn't this like, Oh, well, you know, this undiscovered gem. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to something that's near and dear to my heart. So the Pistons dethrone the Celtics. You're going to see where I'm going here. That's great. And Detroit bad boy. I wore my shirt. I wore my Detroit bad boy shirt for you today. Nice, bro. Nice. Bang, bang, da -ding, ding, ding. So then the Bulls dethroned the Pistons uh, two yep. years later. Both of these teams – so the, the Celtics walk off the court when they lose and they've been dethroned without shaking the hands. The Pistons do the exact same thing. Do you have a problem with not shaking hands after the game? Here's my thing. You know, I've said this. I've been on record, and I'll say it again. Shake hands before the game. I'm not going to congratulate you on kicking my ass. I do not agree that they, because it looked like they walked off for like six seconds, six or seven seconds left. Right. Like let the game actually finish out. But I don't have to come hug you and shake your hand and say thank you for helping us become losers. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, it is one of those things that's hard to watch even more. So when I, I remember watching it, it was kind of, it, you didn't really think much of it. It was a little on the pettier side. And I remember the announcers were kind of, hammering it a little bit but yeah it's one of those things where it's like I, I just don't I don't agree with leaving the court early you know I mean, finish the yeah. game yeah. don't don't make a don't make a stink it just it looks such sour grapes um and you know yeah the whole thing with the Celtics I think that got answered I think Bill Simmons had a had a thing on the podcast with him and Ryan Rosillo where he was like, well, they left because they were worried about like the fans rushing the court, which I, I don't necessarily know if that would, would have been true or their worry or yeah. not. But it's like, it, it, it just seemed like such sour grapes. Just finish the game, walk off. You don't have to give them, you know, Decks yeah. or hugs or anything. Yeah, like it's just like it's just like oh, like trying to like just work your way through the confetti and streamers as a loser and to stick it on to be like, hey, nice game, like way to go. It's just like fuck that. This yeah. is this is kind of uh, in the same ballpark. Are you okay with players hanging out on their day off? Like 
if Kevin Durant's playing Houston, Kim, I don't know if him and James Harden even talk anymore. Who knows? But if he's in sure. Houston, like, is it cool for them to grab dinner a day before, like a like a Nets Rockets game? Oh, see, yeah, that's a weird thing, right? I mean, this is where AU muddies everything. They've yeah. known each other. You know, they played in camps. They befriended each other. They were former teammates. Uh, you know, the Ainge and Jordan golfing before that one series is like that was like, oh, that's weird. That's a weird thing. Um, that I actually have, I, I, that I would disagree with more. I'd rather you guys be like, hey, you know, we're going to be in this year, you know, Harden and Durant, you know, them both saying to like, hey, you know, it's basically, it's, uh, we're going dark on each other for the next, yeah. you know, week while we're playing this series. Afterwards, we'll talk, we'll catch dinner afterwards, but like, I'm trying to beat you, you're trying to beat me. I don't know. It's like, I mean, do you like, do competitive poker players. I mean, I guess they like shit talking, but are they going out after like uh, someone loses the world series of poker to somebody? And are they going out and then like hanging out and having beers afterwards? Like, I, I, I just don't know. We, we want this gladiator mentality, but we also like want to forget about their, the human aspect of it. You know what I mean? And like that they're people and you know, it's like, yeah, I don't know. But I, but if I lost an account to a competitive company that I had happen to have a friend over there, I'm probably not like going out to, to dinner with them after they signed a deal with the other company. You know what I mean? I don't yeah, know. It's weird. It is, it is a little um, gray area. So here's a weird thing. So I'm going to call it right now. I'm okay with them hanging out. Like You're if good? that's your personality and that's what you got to do, then that's fine. I'd rather like maybe during the playoffs, like maybe just because the society, what, how society perceives you should probably be important too. Like you want them to think that you're just like this bloodthirsty, just like killer on the court. So it'd be better to not have like tweets or pictures of you hanging out with like the opposing team. Right. But also during the regular season, you know, how much are we going to ask from these players? Like you have to get in like the best shape of the top 10% of people on the earth. Like you have to play like 72 games. You're flying all over the place, not seeing your family, like playing, you know, three games over the course of like four days. And it's just like, also you just have to isolate yourself. And the only people you can talk to are like the people on your team. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. I I'm totally with you on that. The regular season, I really don't give a shit. It is definitely like the playoffs. Let's, you know, let's at least give the, the impression that. Yeah. Let's sell, let's sell a little bit. Let's sell a little bit. There's a little bit of a show. This is entertainment. Right. Right. Uh, sweet. Well, uh, four episodes down, six more to come. Looking forward to that. And we don't see any other sports sparking up sometime soon. So it might be circling back on this. Can we, can we just touch base on Jerry Krause just a little bit in this right now? Yes, Uh, absolutely. Yes. Here's the weird thing. Um, so how does this happen? How do this has to be unprecedented? It's basically you're winning, winning your whatever fifth championship in, uh, fifth championship in seven Seven years years. yep yeah and you're going into a season i probably at least like one of the favorites if not like the top four and you just come out and you're just like there's no way our head coach is gonna be hired back next season it's insane it's fucking ludicrous bonkers insanity because you also have on top of the only thing that even makes it worse is on top of that you have the best player in the world saying if you make this move i'm out too Right. It's, it's, it's like Jerry Reinsdorf, who's the owner of the Bulls, who put Jerry Krause in there. It's like, Jerry, what the fuck are you doing, dude? Why are you asleep at the wheel? Why would you let anyone fucking rattle this fucking juggernaut that you've got? Yeah. Also, the, the, 
immense amount of money you're making in this, you know, because at that point, Chicago was selling out every game. I mean, for oh. like 15 years had like the sellout record. I mean, it was just insane. And you're going to let this like guy, this Jerry Krause, who is incredible at his job. Let's, let's not take, you know, let's not take anything away from him, but like, you're going to let him just like have this like basically emotional feud with the best player in the world and the, the, the coach that's gotten the most out of him. And you're like, no, 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 I'm going to show them that I'm better. It's insane yes. to me. Was it? Is just like a pissing contest? What is the genesis of it? Or are we going to get into it like probably later in the documentary series? I mean, I think there's a there's the Jordan Rules book by Sam Smith has some of it, and it started in like the early '90s, which basically like it is. It's about like credit and who got credit for it, and the you know Jerry Krause was as much as we talked about the competitive nature of Phil Jackson and, and Michael Jordan and those guys was equally competitive and really just wanted to win and wanted his due in the limelight of it and never really got it. I mean, when you think about the way he was able to construct those te teams and making like hard choices, right? Like trading Oakley, who was Jordan's friend for Bill Cartwright was yeah. a seminal move for that team firing Doug Collins uh, to then hire Phil Jackson and then bring on Tex Winters and just like knowing that, you know, you had, there isn't, there really isn't a case that's so, that's similar. The closest thing that comes to that is the Golden State Warriors, right? Where you have Phil Collins, who was a coach of the Bulls, who Jordan was averaging like 35, 37, 33 points a game, won an MVP in like the 87, 88 year, they went. They won 50 games, almost went to the to the uh, you know the NBA Finals that year. And then, in the midst of that, where it's like essentially they're ascending upward, he makes this change, and and ousts Collins, the head coach, and moves in Phil Jackson. Right? It's yeah. it's an insane move. And the only thing that's kind of close to that is the Golden State Warriors. Because I started trying to think, I was like, who does that on like a playoff team where you're winning and you have an MVP talent like Steph Curry with the Warriors, uh, you know, and Michael Jordan with the Bulls? Like who, who makes that move? Who doesn't sit there and go, we're, we're good. We'll just, we just got to get over the hump. No, like he shook it up. And the same way that Bob Myers fired and didn't re-sign Mark Jackson and went with Steve Kerr, like that was the light switch moment that they needed. You know yeah. what I mean? It's, and it's happened a few times, like uh, in the eight in the late eighties, like nineteen seventy nine. The the Lakers won with Paul Westhead, but they had already won. And then there was like a players' revolt against Westhead, and Magic ousted Westhead with with uh, Jerry Buss. And then they brought in Pat Riley, and then they they wrote it out from there. But Pat Riley was an assistant. There's never been something that I can I could think about where it's like they're so close they're right there and then he's like all right well, we just need to make a switch we need to figure this out and like he doesn't get enough credit for that quite honestly because everyone thinks of him of, of that's the latter half of it and and also it's it's fascinating to me it's like how do you have this fastball as a general manager where you find scotty pippen out of nowhere you make all these great trades you get horace grant you build this team you know what i mean and then in in a span of a decade you just kind of lose your mind you're like fuck it fire phil jackson and bring in tim floyd it's like what what's going on yeah i think eventually like you just kind of maybe it's a little bit of the emperor's new clothes or whatever where you just kind of the belief in yourself 
like gets overinflated and you kind of can't keep it in perspective. And yeah. then I think that gets heightened a little bit on the fact that you're not getting the credit. So you have this super belief in yourself. Not enough people are giving respect about like those moves you made and acknowledging that. But at the end of the day, like how many jump shots did you make? Like in the, in, in any of the finals, like right, right. Uh, zero. <laughs> so right. it's just like keeping in perspective what you do also. So your main job should be at all costs, even at a detriment to your own ego is to keep together what can win a championship. And it just seems weird to flush that away just so more people realize what you've been doing over the last eight years. Yeah, I think there is. And I think that's a great point. It's like, there's too much, especially nowadays. It's like, well, how do I get my credit in this whole thing? You know what I mean? It's like, who's, who's winning in this, right? Jerry Krause, like, if you get rid of Phil Jackson and then by, by virtue of that, Michael Jordan, who's really winning? Is it you yeah, that's winning? Right. Or is it like history won't be kind to, on this decision? And yeah. I don't think enough people really kind of understand, like, I can give a little, but I will get much more in return. And update, history still ain't kind with that move. <laughs> no air horns there, bro. You ready to hop in the sim box? Yeah, let's do this, bro. Let's do it. All right. Um, first up, we have 2021 draft. Uh, if God forbid the upcoming NFL season is canceled, how do you think the order for the 2021 draft would be decided? That one from our 2019 email of the year. Anger. It's interesting. It's interesting. I mean, I guess like I tell you something hilarious that happened real fast, and then I'll let course. you do a good answer. Always, so always. I was, I was like, all right, let me figure this out. I was like, oh, I like that. I like a challenge. Love the NFL. So I was like, here's what I do. I'll do 50% based on. Where you drafted in the first round in 2020. Yeah. Now I'll do 50% of where you finished in the 2019 season. So basically I wanted ping pong balls. And if you drafted first, then you got one ping pong ball. And if you finished, if you uh, finished like first in the league, then you got uh, like 32. So we'll flip it. Anyway, it made it all add up to 33 ping pong balls. Because okay. if you drafted first and you finished 32nd, then you got 33 ping pong balls. If you drafted second and you finished 31st, which is what happens, which is how they decide the draft order. Right. So it's like this big system of 50% ping pong balls. And I was like, all right, so I basically made it random. Everyone has 33 ping pong balls. 32 teams have 33 ping pong balls in this drum. Let's draw and see what happens. Yes. So my I love lottery, it. that's where I got. I like it. No, I would like it. I, I think if you take it a step back from that, and if you go, well, the NFL season isn't going to be playing, most likely then that means the college isn't going to play. So does that mean that anyone's even going to be entering into the draft to be drafted? That, oh. That's the question that I, that I was really like thinking about. It's like, I, I don't know, because, you know, who's going to want to, you know, kids would be of age, right? They'd grow, they'd be three years removed from their high school class. Yeah. So that, that could happen. And it's like, oh, I might not want to, you know, it'd be interesting to see if the NFL would even hold the draft or they would just wait until college was played again, too. That's a great point. So, um, so yeah, send that question back next year. All right, next question. <laughs> uh, versus, which position is most likely to have a comeback in modern professional sports? Um, a complete game starting pitcher. Okay. A fullback in football or a center in basketball. Ooh, interesting. All right, so here's what I had. Um, starting pitchers, it, they're just way too valuable. They're always on pitch counts. If you're a good enough pitcher where you might be able to get to the end and do a complete game, then you're a good enough pitcher to where they're going to want you around for a while. So right. you're going to get yanked. So I don't see that. 
Um, football with the fullback. Um, seems like we're already doing hybrid things. Here's a big thing about getting two yards in the NFL. Uh, assuming hybrid, like we're snapping to Saints are snapping to Hill, right. uh, throwing to linemen and shit. So just like that absolute need to get two yards. I mean, I think we still kind of have fullbacks, but it's not like uh, it's not like a shit. We got to go out there and get ourselves a fullback. We, yeah, I mean Kyle Juice Check of the Forty ers we talked about had many many huge plays and is like that. High, he's really a fullback, but he you know he can. I think they call him like an H back. You know what I mean? It's like. He's not, he's not big enough to be a tight end, but he's, you know, he's too big to be a running back. So we're calling him a fullback. SS guys, the center in basketball. Um, here's, here's my cause and effect. So I did end up going with center in basketball was my select. Yes. Um, so the game's moving further away from the basket. I think if we move that three-point line back a couple more times over the course of time, because we're just saying, which do you see first? Then I see we drive, we drive down that percentage of, you know, three-point shots. So now the, the numbers game of just taking all these threes aren't worth it. So we're back to shooting twos. So now we're valuing a presence in the paint, like someone, you know, seven-foot three that can handle the ball. Yeah. Oh, I, I totally think it's added because I think, like, there, there, there will be another physical specimen like Shaq. I mean, we've seen it. David Robinson, Akeem Olajuwon. We've seen athletic, I mean, Wilt Chamberlain. We've seen it through the history of George Mike and even to start, like we've seen it throughout the years of like dominant big men come up. So it's not like it's this once in a generational thing that's going to happen. But in the next 10 years, I could see like a, you know, a, 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 you know, a second coming of a Shaquille O'Neal who's taller, stronger, and can run athletically. And like you said, if they adjusted the three-point line, so the, 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 the you know, points per possession on three-pointers are not as valuable as they once were before, then the, the highest second-valued point is you know, dunks and layups, right? So it's like, all right, we'll feed into the big guy. Uh, that makes the most sense to me. And then the, like you're talking about with the NFL, it is, it is, it is spreading it out you know, horizontally across the field. We're going to yeah. see it less – you know, straightforward north and south, like, you know, eight men in the box, we're just going to ham it three yards in a cloud of dust. Like, we're going to spread everything out, right? You know what I mean? Exactly. And utilize both, you know, both sides of the field there. And then in, in pitching, I think, like, we've gotten – like, the human body has gotten to a certain point where we cannot – we're at the tipping point of how fast we can humanly throw a baseball anymore. And – now we've gotten to the point where Tommy John surgery actually increases velocity, but you're still putting this like insane, um, you know, stress on your elbow and torque on your elbow that it's like the, the body can't physically handle that. And it's, and I, I often wonder, it's like, well, how did guys like, you know, Ty, uh, Cy Young and those guys throw like 30 complete games in a season Were they just not throwing it, you know, 90 miles an hour. Were they getting like 75 in the gun and but baseball hitters were significantly worse like I, it, this doesn't make sense to me you know yeah. we haven't evolved that much as human beings um so i think yeah i don't i, I just don't see us like a complete game hitter or, or pitcher rather ever ever really coming back or the necessity for it okay so yeah necessity definitely that also so what was did adding the mound have something to do with it like the pitcher's mound or was that even around in that day because the the mound is supposed to be who's that benefiting well because it's elevated right it's 60 feet six inches from the plate i don't know how high it is but i do know like 
I've heard many people throw out first pitches. Like when you get on the mound, like yeah. it, it throws you off a bit. Like it's a definitely like a depth perception thing about how you throw. So I bet so it had, that has to be like in lieu of like to increase hitting. Cause now it's like, oh, okay, I can, now the batter has better vision of like the ball coming out and kind of down as sure. opposed to just this thing that kind of gets bigger as it comes. It's just like on a flat parallel surface. Sure. Must be. Okay. Well, we ventured out to the deep end and we drowned. Exactly. Right. Exactly. <laughs> this is me waving the white flag, baseball flag. I don't know. Coming back. Uh, all right. M-A-M-A parody tip. Brings to the jam. All right. Quarantine watch. We like in um, week seven. Give us an update, so. bro. How are we doing? Like the kids, uh, they're getting restless. Yes, they are. I'm getting restless. Yes. I was, I was, uh, I think it was kind of coming out in, in last week's pod a little bit too. I'm not as calm, cool, and collected in the quarantine as I like to believe I am. You know what I mean? It's like, it's yeah. tough, man. I, I'm not going to lie. And I've got great kids, but it's just like, we're on top of each other. Everyone's frustrated. Yeah. And the, the, the game is like, now it's like, all right, how do we make it through a day where we don't want to like kill each other? Ooh. You know what I mean? And, sure. and it's, and it's like, you know, during the work week, you know, I'm at least sequester and thankfully knock on wood, we have help. And so it's, it's, it's very good in that respect. So I'm, I can kind of hang out on my own, but it's like, you could still hear them up there and they're going nuts. School is like virtual school is a joke. It is yeah. insane. <laughs> oh my God. It is so, it's like they, they power through this in like 25 minutes. It's nuts, yeah. dude. It is oh, crazy. Yeah. But, um, but no, it's good. I think really the most important thing is, is as parents in this quarantine watch, is, is trying to have a little perspective, right? I try and remind myself. Uh, I try and take little moments out for myself. Um, like if I feel like I'm getting super frustrated to go in there and like, no, no bullshit, like take deep breaths, count to 10, like give yourself, cause I just find myself getting like frustrated over little like insane things. And they're just like young little kids. They don't know. Yeah. And they're just trying to just do the best that they can. And they're, they're cooped up. They, they don't understand when they get why we can't talk to their friends but it doesn't stop the urge and the, like the burning desire for them to like run and be active and be crazy and get all that energy out. So when they don't have that outlet, it's hard for you to get frustrated at them for doing just what's like just in, innate in them. They can't, they have nowhere to release this. So they got to release it somewhere. You know what I mean? Yeah. Has there been a little thing of something that's just kind of theirs that they missed that the quarantines, um, you know, really just kind of reshape like a birthday, you know what I'm saying? Like either, either your girls have like a birthday or something over the course of like these seven or eight weeks coming up, just like something where it had to be kind of, you know, this, it's a little sad, right? So it's kind of hard yeah. to explain where it's just like, cause those are, you know, that's parallel like Christmas or like any of those big holidays, just like, Oh, I like guess my birthday, like this is, and it's just like, well, we kind of can't go out and we can maybe FaceTime some friends. And I can see that being like uh, a difficult conversation. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we, thankfully we haven't, we, we got commissions, birthday and first part of March. So we got it just in under the wire. It was like the last, it was like the last event that happened. And then 2.0s it's coming up here in the end of June. So we'll see the way that the roadmap for Indiana is, is they released it on Friday, the five-step plan to kind of get us back on track. So we'll kind of see where we're at from there. But fortunately enough, 
she had really just started a preschool class didn't have like a ton of like like her biggest friends are still her cousins that's yeah. probably been the hardest thing that to figure out is like they want to go see their cousins who are in illinois but you know we're not we're not going to make that trip and and they kind of get it but they kind of don't and you know we've you know i i would say we have some neighborhood kids that are across the way and we've broken quarantine a little bit they're you know the mom's a school teacher and you know her kids are the same ages as our kids and so they play it's really funny Kamisha came up to me and she's like hey can we go across the street to play with so-and-so um we won't touch them at all that's what she said to me she's like we're not gonna touch them i was like yes you can go you can run around outside play in their backyard have some fun and that was like but that was you know seven weeks in of of not doing anything and it's like all right everyone's fine everyone's feeling a little bit okay our neighborhood hasn't been like dr dramatically shut down you know and it's like we're just not in the same situation as other harder hit areas so for an hour you can go play with the neighborhood kid across the way that's fine that's good. Yeah. Cause you always stress like that was such a big part of it. It's finding. And I know I brought this up the last time we were kind of hitting on it, but it's, it's finding that kind of that daily activity, like something yeah. to get them out of the house and like kind of switch up the scenery for everyone's sanity. So it seems yeah. like taking that away is uh, tough. Yeah, it's tough. And we went today, this morning, we went out, you know, the whole fam went out there and did a walk and, you know, Kamisha at 2.0 rode her bike and Kamisha walked and we just had a nice, like good start to the morning and just get the, you know, that release out, be outside in the sun. Thankfully we've had some really nice times. Yesterday was great. They got to play in the sprinklers and, you know, the kiddie pools and all that good stuff. So that was a nice like distraction from the day. Whereas like just being inside and like I said, like two weeks ago we had snow, you know what I mean? It was insane. Yeah. So it's like we, the weather, has like been the worst part of it and then now that they can go outside a little bit more regularly that has helped in the sanity of it um but yeah i mean it's one of those things as like a parent it's like I, this is the toughest part because like we're so close i feel like in a lot of respects to getting a little bit of normalcy back we just don't want to rush too fast too quickly into it uh and our kids that's going to be the toughest governor of this whole thing it's like they want to just go 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 and it's like all right well let's we got to slowly do this. We got to work this out slowly. So is there any, like, uh, what's been the effect on sleeping habits? Has it like thrown them off just because we're not burning enough energy during the day or are we pretty close to the, not a big effect? Yeah. I mean, 2.0 was pretty close on not napping to begin with anymore during the day. I mean, she will, they both actually have taken naps now that we've gone outside and run around a little bit uh, during the day, but two commission wasn't really taking naps sleep time i mean we we've, we've gotten into the you know the spring forward and uh losing that hour so it's still a little dark anyway so they're going to bed about the same time 8 30 ish somewhere in there uh, fortunately that has been pretty good and it's like keeping that routine having an established routine kind of heading into this has been very important it's nice like we're keeping this my my routine has actually been the one that's probably most change out of all this but trying to keep their routine as similar as possible um it's basically like we started you know summer vacation early that's the biggest thing for them um but you know they eat breakfast relatively around the same time every day they go to bed every time the the, the nighttime bedtime routine is there and so the middle ports of those days is just different because daddy's home you know and i'm not going to school she's not going to school so you know i'm not interacting with my friends but it's really like you know, six hours that's really drastically changed for them. Everything else is pretty consistent for their day. 
All right, bro. Well, how's your, uh, how's your eating habits, bro? How's the grazing? Are you falling, falling victim like everyone else to just kind of like eat them at eating out of sheer boredom? No, you know what, actually, you know, and credit you, you know, I mean, you talked to me about the intermittent fasting and not eating after eight o'clock. And that has been like a really good, you know, it, it, it was harder. And I started this at the beginning of the year. Um, it was harder then and it hasn't really been that bad now i mean i've kind of broken it here a time or two there and we had yeah. easter candy and all that other stuff like i haven't been super militant but i usually like today i had like a piece of string cheese at like eleven thirty because i was painting the basement and i was getting a little lightheaded so, yeah, <laughs> I'll, get, I'll get a little cheese in here i don't want to pass out on the podcast and then uh but yeah but normally i you know don't eat until like noon and then you know i try and i don't totally like totally take everything away from me but i definitely only eat from 12 to, to 8. All right, bro. Well, if it's working, man, that's all you yeah. got to do. Little parameters. Good to hear. Uh, all right, brother. We'll definitely check back in because we always need the content for the pod. All right, Neapolitan Showdown. <laughs> Take it to the jam. So let's leave it alone because we can't see eye to eye. There ain't no good guy. There ain't no bad guy. There's only you and me and all right worst things about house parties this is a good one i'm glad you brought this up yeah i got some things to say Oof. about house parties yes um all right i guess we'll just get started here come right out of the gate um eating on other people's dishes where's me out bro Weirds me out. Let oh, me, like, okay. I, I don't know if you were one of these kids, and if it came up, like, whenever I went over to a friend's house, and we had to have, like, dinner, like, their parents would make dinner if we weren't ordering, like, a pizza or something, but it was, like, For sure. like their food. The like, most stressful of all times as a, as a kid, right? Oh, God. Someone else's oh, house, yeah. eating their food, oh. smelling their smells. Smelling their smells. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Eating their meatloaf, and it's just, like, you know how to tell your friend, it's just, like, your mom's meatloaf, it's not quite right. There's something a little fucked up about it. I can't put my finger on it, but it just is that. Off. Did you put an olive? Are there olives <laughs> yeah, in this? Yeah, yeah, for a lot of things. Oh, that's a good point too. Like it is here is stressful because it was like it's like their table table rules. Also, it's just like how do I do I pass from the left here? Does dad eat first and then we all follow? Like, how does this work? You know, fuck it. I'm not hungry. I'm not hungry anymore. <laughs> I'm gonna put this table. I want to go home. Uh, yeah. So so that that took the path down a little bit, but just kind of like that whole vibe of like eating with other people's stuff and their their things yes this is great if you're throwing like an outdoor summer party as the host of that party you really should get like solo cups yes. paper plates you know what i mean like make it easy on brandana he's Please. not gonna he's not gonna handle your bowls and your dishes I'm not, you're going to hand it to me and then while your back is turned i'm going to drop that in the trash can and then i'm just gonna be like that was yummy and then i'm gonna eat something on the way home that's so funny so my number three is the drunk party enforcer have we have we been across this person where you're at a house party and somewhere along like usually it's a chick i'm not trying to throw anyone in but usually it's a chick who's like who do you emails thanks yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) but it's like it's like you know you're out there they're like who do you know here how do you know like they're 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 trying to figure out why the fuck you're here and it's yeah, like giving, look lady yeah i'm not I'm crashing here this party. yeah it's like they're giving you a vibe of just like that you weren't invited to this and it's just like 
like, who the hell are you? Like, are you right. the best? Was I supposed to register with you? Did you email me something? Like, I know him, but fucking, I work with him on the weekend. I know his wife. Like, that's why I'm here. What's yes. up? Like, there's some house party hierarchy. And somehow you're like, you're, you're up here, and I'm just a plebe down here. Don't, you don't need it. Like, I'm here. We're all here. I didn't yeah. get fucking, like, I didn't hear like 32 people in a backyard be like, oh, I'm just going to walk in on this and see what I can get. See if I can get some burgers on their, their house plates and, uh, you know, go from there. Oh my God, this is perfect. Okay. So it's about, um, 35 minutes until they catch you and start questioning. So I'll give you 35. And then, um, the bowl I threw away cost you $4 even, uh, we're going to throw the fork in there, which is probably 45 cents. So $4 and 45 cents to 35. Ooh, I like it. All right. Um, my number two, this is such a great subject. I'm so fired up right now. You got me in like old school Neapolitan showdown. Mode. I love I, it. I love I'm it. I can angry. see it. I'm I can angry. see it. Like you invited me to a house party. <laughs> um, fucking small talk. Ooh. You're, just, you're circling around, asking and answering the same six questions. Six questions. Like, what do you do? Like, how do you know Trent? Like, he's zany, right? Like, it's just like, it's just these constant things. And you're just orbiting that through everybody. All yes. Night. Yeah. Zany small talk, the worst. Yes. Yeah. Same shit. Can't get drunk fast enough. Exactly. Uh, especially, especially if it's a house party that doesn't have a structure. Okay. Like if it's just, if someone just set a party and it's just like, Hey, we're having like a Memorial day party. Yeah. And it's just like, okay, you don't have like, um, you know, if it, if it was like the LA house parties you would do, everybody knew anybody, everybody. So that doesn't really count. But like yeah, a Memorial right, right, day right. party is just kind of like, uh, is there a gift exchange? Uh, is someone like going to blow out some candles? Uh, is there like a trivia portion of the, why are we all just standing here? Like what happens? Are we just standing here? Do we stop standing here and go home? Is that right, it? Right, right. right. Yes. I'm not getting invited to any house parties ever again. I love this. I love that. We're so in sync on this. Cause my number two, it's a little bit of a theme. It's, it's, it's a variation of yours, but it's when you get into the intense small talk with somebody that you know, you know, so it's like, so you see somebody, right? And you're talking oh, like, them, on, and like, on the, like on the level when you're about to like separate, he's just like, let me give you my number. Like on that level to that. And also who's like, they're soup. They're overly invested in what you're talking about. Like, so yeah. how are you doing? And you're like, Oh, you know, things are good. And you know, uh, you know, got a new, new promotion. <gasps> That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. And you're like, whoa, whoa, why are you making such a big deal of this? Like interaction? Like exactly. You're, you're putting too much like credence in, in like, emotion in this in this small little conversation i'm just giving you like the the beats of my life and you're acting as if like i'm talking something revolutionary to you i don't need this i don't need this intensity in my small talk be like oh that's cool keep it light keep it fresh don't don't make me feel like i'm don't try don't try and tom cruise me keep your unbridled enthusiasm to your fucking self fuck yes <laughs> check your shit at the door what what's up with all this positivity Promotion is amazing. I even tell you what the promotion was. What if I've been working for 12 years? What if I just got like, what if the promotion was, wasn't even like financial? What if it was just like, they gave me a new title? You don't know enough of the variables and the details to be that excited. A hundred percent. And that's even like a higher stakes thing that they're getting stoked about. It could have been anything. You know what I mean? Like I got a new car. Fucking sweet, man. You're doing it. You're killing it. It's like, come on, bro. Let's chill the fuck out. Okay, so that's about 90 seconds, um, maybe 90 points, 90 seconds until you make up some excuse like, oh, there's my wife, or I got to use the restroom so you can get the fuck out of that conversation. 
Right. And then small talk. I'm going to give myself 90 also because mine, again, is like 90 before we cycle through those six questions and we just both move on to the next person. It, would you say 90 seconds is about like you, you motor through those questions pretty quickly? Yes, no. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of I'm a little bit like uh, what's the word? An asshole. So I just kind of like I like to put the look on my face that I am not enjoying this small talk just so that yeah. kind of gets there where it's just like, oh, like, where are you from? And it's just like, uh, from not around here. It's just like, oh, what do you do? And it's just like, uh, it's just work. It's right. just like, oh, that's amazing. Like, who do you know? And it's just like, oh, most of the people. And they're like, all right, take care. And I'm like, fuck yeah, take care. <laughs> See ya. Uh, <laughs> I, I, you're like, I'm, I'm, I'm at capacity for the people in my life. I'm just, you, I am. You, yeah, I'm good. I'm you, good. you aren't one of these people. I don't need a new slot. New slot. Exactly. Oh, man. This is really... I had to re-listen to this spot. Maybe make some changes in my life. I don't know if I like here it's coming out. Uh, well, this will definitely tack onto that. I'm doing bringing drinks. Ooh, I so thought about this. Drinking situation. So here's why it is a lose-lose. Number one, usually limited amount of fridge space, cooler space for what I need. Let, let's right. start from the top here. A six-pack for a house party ain't going to cut it. Mm-mm. So, But I also, I don't like looking like like a hobo rolling in there with like just a bottle of scotch, like in a bag. Right. Um, one bottle of wine's not going to do it. So am I bringing like three bottles of wine? And that gets kind of crazy. And people want to like try your wine. I don't necessarily know if that. So it's like, right. where am I going to put my 18 beers? Or if you're providing the booze, now I feel like everyone's doing a little mental, mental count of how many times old Brandana dips Go out of the well. talk and goes yeah. over there to the cooler and pops another one open. Yeah, yeah. This is good. This is interesting because – and you don't, and you, if you ask, right, do you need me to bring anything? Yeah. The house, the house party thrower is never going to be like, oh yeah, yeah. You know, no, 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 no you're good. Back. Come over. And then, so you just out of just common decency, you stroll on with the six pack and then do you get a little territorial over that said six pack? Like those are my six Mike's hard lemonades. All right. Oh, so do point, not yeah. fucking, if I see somebody rocking one of those. I know. Now you, it's like blood feud. You tap into a feeling that I totally forgot about. Is like you just bring like six like Boulevard wheats and yep. there's only six in the fridge. And then all of a sudden, like an hour in the party, you look over there and there's just some dude like just like sucking down a Boulevard wheat. And you immediately run back to the fridge and do a head count of yes. your bottles and you realize it's one of yours. That's a loser. What do you do? Confront him? Like, hey, you're drinking. Because he probably didn't know. He probably also, didn't know. There's, yeah, there's also the etiquette of like, you know what the score is. Like, just don't help yourself if you didn't bring it. And when you go, yes, for sure. And when you go to a house party and it's not the like, here's the bar where all the, the, the house party throwers set this up. And it's just like, there's hodgepodge of beers getting wedged in everywhere and everyone's yeah. drinking a different drink. That guy fucking knows, you know, yeah. bro, you're just trying to, you, you, you probably were the, the party goer enforcer. And you're like, well, I'm higher up on the hierarchy than the fucking Boulevard wheat guy. So guess what? I'm, you know, prima nocta on your fucking, <laughs> <laughs> on your fucking beers. Oh, good pull. Good, but uh, that might have just, that might have just won you the showdown. Let's see what your number one is first. Uh, I don't want to want to say it now. I want to leave on a high note. But so here's the thing that's the most frustrating about house partings for me. It is the party timing in terms of attendance. When you get there, right? Party starts at eight. I roll in at eight thirty. There's two other people here. I'm way too early. 
can we set a like a, a, a when what the proper time is then i come in like all right well i'm not I'm never making that mistake and so now i'm showing up at like quarter after nine get there there's like seven people here what the fuck out did i miss yeah how am i missing the bell curve of this party <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely you know what i mean yeah, we, we just got we got a ditch let's just as society let's get together maybe this is a new thing not we're not only becoming better as people during this quarantine we're becoming better as a societal whole let's just ditch fashionably late let's just be on time to shit let's i like it when it's supposed to start it will end shit when it's supposed to stop I, i'm almost in on that i'm almost in favor from also them setting an end date too uh, set it yeah parties from seven until nine so at eight forty-five, find your coat and shit because they want everybody out at nine because the party mm-hmm. is at nine exactly we're moving the party could be moving somewhere else yeah. but from seven to nine this is it and as you as the party thrower you need to basically you're like i set it at seven but i'm ready to go at like six thirty, six forty-five. yeah i got that 15 to mm-hmm. 30 minute buffer where any last little things that are coming in and out i can text my the my closest people in here hey i forgot a bag of ice bring a bag of ice and you get I, I think we've I think we solved that. I think I think that's well also yeah, well we're saying this also. Like don't be an asshole. If the party starts at seven, don't show up at six forty five. This isn't a job interview. Early's not on time in this scenario. Just show right. up on time. Right, exactly. It's not military standards. Uh uh-uh. uh. It's so simple, most awesome. It's so simple. Why is everybody I love it? it? Then if the if I know the party's seven till nine, then I know how much time I can budget on these like little small talk conversations. And maybe I'll give somebody a little bit more time because it, it won't feel infinite to me because I'll right. be like, it's 8.30. The longer this fucker can talk to me is 15 minutes and I get, get my coat and get out because party rules because the party's over. Problem solved, baby. Or you're like, ooh, I, you know what? This, this story's going to take a lot longer. Yeah. And this thing's going to be wrapping up in about four and a half minutes. So I'm just going to pull it now. I'm just going to say no. I don't yeah. know. I'm going to have to catch this story next party. Next party. But we'll set it up. We know when it's going to be here. I'll see you next week, 7 o'clock. We'll put that on ice. Speaking of on ice, those are my Boulevard Wheats. I got to get them out of the coop. <laughs> exactly. Oh. Uh, an honorable mention I did have is um, have to take your shoes off. I don't know how yeah, we yeah. got bullied into this as a society where all of a sudden people one day were just like, you got to take your shoes off when you enter my house. And we're just like, okay. So it was just <laughs> like, oh, you got to take your pants off when you enter the house. Uh, no problem. <laughs> just like – no i'm not taking my fucking shoes off <laughs> oh it's so funny yeah uh, taking your shoes off all right brother well that is going to be victory for you just for the prima nocta thank you out that is mvp shit right there um all right guys uh if you have a subject you want us to tackle shoot us a shoot us one it may be sports podcast yeah. get in there get in the game um all right brandana gambling corner bring us to the jam fun with this obviously not a lot of sports to bet on by a lot i mean any but what we did is uh we went through a little bit of some of the activities that we've been doing in the quarantine and setting little over unders for kind of figuring out so right now i kind of started out at i made a rough 50 days of quarantine i just said that's roughly about what it's been 
Okay. Just so we have some sort of number to go off when we're hit some of these over-unders. Yep. Um, all right. So um, the wait, what day is it? Just that time you catch yourself really thinking for longer than 10 seconds, like, holy shit, what day is it? Right. Over the course of 50 days, I have the over-under at three and a half times it has happened. Ooh, really? Yeah. What do you think? Are you, you a lot higher than that? I would have said, yeah, I would have said, I would have said in 50 days, once every 10 days, you could have definitely had that. I would have said like five and a half, six, somewhere in there. Yeah, maybe a little higher. I do do like a little time blocking. So usually for the next day, I'm like, all right, tomorrow's Thursday. You know, like on Wednesday, I'm like, all right, tomorrow's Thursday. Here's what I want to do on Thursday. But there, I do remember one time and I don't remember having the feeling um, like in a long time where I legit for like 15 seconds, 15, 20 seconds was really chewing on, is it Monday or Tuesday? <laughs> and like, I couldn't, like, I couldn't grab it. And I was like, it was like, like you know, that panic that sets in that's unnecessary. Yeah. Like, like, I'll never figure it out. Like I knew I would right. figure it out, but I'm just like, I can't, I'm holding on to this feeling. I can't figure it out right now. You know, and it's, I, I really, I really enjoy when you do that then too. And you're like, I'm not going to go to my phone. I'm not going to no, go exactly. to any, I'm, <laughs> exactly. I'm, I'm going to sit right here yeah. and I'm going to really just try and rack the resources of recesses of my brain to figure out, is it Monday or Tuesday? hundred percent, hundred percent. It's exactly like, it's just like, who played the actress in Almost Famous? And you're just like, I'm not looking up IMDb. I'm just, oh, I'm going to ride, I'm going to sit right in this fucking chair until I remember it. Right. It's on you're like, brain. you're like Kate Heron. No, fuck. Like, God damn. What is that? What yes. Is why do I keep thinking Goldie Hawn? It's because it's a mom, but they don't have the same last name. You pass it. Right. I can see you. It's your face. Yeah, exactly. All right, push-ups done. Um, thanks for teeing this up and giving me a little brag zone, brah. Appreciate Ooh. it. Uh, I set my over-under at 1,700. Whoa. So I figured that out. Um, four sets of 17 every other day. So four times 17 times 25. Times twenty five. What is it? What's twenty five? It's half half of the fifty. Days. Six. So you're doing sixty eight push ups a day. Um, every other day. Every other day. Oh, oh, right, right, right. Every other day, and you're doing four by seventeen. Uh, yeah, four sets of seventeen. Where does the seventeen come from? That's that, the I mean, reps. No, no, I I know that, but I'm saying like that's an odd number to like. Usually oh, it's okay. like 15, <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, yeah, 20. Yeah. I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Because um, it's, I do this program. I like how you, like you explained four, yeah, four times 17. That's the number I do. Okay. All really showing your ass on the last time you did a push-up. <laughs> if, if you don't remember, you used to count them. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah it was um, it's 17 because it's like this little stop. Just the program I do, it's like a stop clock, and it's as many as you can do like in 30 seconds. Right. So I slowly ratchet it up. So 17 is where I'm at now, and then probably next week I'll be like 18. Ooh, I like it. Feeling the burn, Brandiana. Prison, Brandiana. Go for it, bro. I like it. 1700. Ooh, that sounds fucking nice. <laughs> so weird. But I mean, I would give you the I would give you the I would give you the over on that. Because I'm a believer in you. I think it's why. I think it's the over too. I think it's the over. I think even there's like some some drinking nights where you're just like, oh, like I can. Let's see if I still, how many can I do in like one? And even I think after, you know, after we got off the, uh, the call with Jay Moore and he was talking about like counting down the pushups. So I was like, all right, let's go, let's go, let's see what we can do with this. And I just, I was like, can I like bang out like 60 just back to back to back to back? And? Spoiler alert. I can. 
Ooh. Yeah. All right. Now I'm starting to get face is getting a little red maybe too much of a brag so exactly hey don't throw your shoulder out patting yourself on the back my <laughs> exactly well let's get a brag zone for you a uh, number of times loading or unloading a dishwasher oh Wait. my god um uh, so if we did 50 days yeah i would set it at so we're taking we're talking unloading and loading one full cycle yes it doesn't count as yep. this here yep. here's a, here's an uh, update here is at our casa our quarantine casa is there's no dishwasher just the dishes but champ and i have a rough thing figured out where i do the cooking he does the dishes i love it dishes like five times i i love that that's good dr mrs the commission i do the same thing when i cook she usually tidies up the dishes there afterwards loads them in there um vice versa same thing with me um i'm gonna go 25 and a half is my over under okay in a 50 day in a 50 day thing how many times that you've done it? Oh, that I've done it individually? Yeah, you've done it, yes. 23 and a half. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Um, yeah, yeah, like 20, 20, that I've done it then, then I'll say 17 and a half because I'm here more. Yeah. That's good, bro. Yeah, do you, uh, do you not like doing dishes? I fucking hate doing dishes. I it's hate like, I, I, doing dishes. The first apartment that Dr. Mrs. The Commission I lived in did not have a dishwasher. And I, and we had like the dish rack thing. And I can't, I can't even think back to like, how the fuck we survived? Like, how did we do this? It's the worst. And ever since then, since we moved to North Carolina, Michigan, now Indiana, we've always had a dishwasher thereafter and it's the best. Yeah. It's like, it becomes like a must have. Yeah. Oh, they're absolutely. Like, they're like, ah, oh, we don't really have a second bedroom for your children, but there's a dishwasher. You're like, you know, we'll figure it out. You yeah. Let's throw them up in the. <laughs> right. <basement. laughs> we'll get something. This right. living room's big enough. It's fine. Yeah. Right. Um, I broke number of times you broke the before five p.m. rule. So we talked a few pods back on something that's helped keep our structure together over here at where I'm quarantining is. No drinking before 5 p.m. just so the shit don't get off the rails. We also yep. have Jordan on and or, uh, Drew Jordan on, and he updated us that if we drink before 5, p- 5 p.m., we're also trash people. Yes. Which add on to what we were doing. So I have it set over the 50 days, three and a half times is the over under on the 5 p.m. rule being. Oh, I like it, dude. Because it is, because you've been there, and it's the Saturdays. It's the Saturdays. I used to be a Saturday, like 2 p.m., like, let's figure this out. Let's really do a Saturday and just, like, hang out and get it on. I'm sure you guys have heard plenty of Brandana's podcast when he started a Saturday. He's just going to jump on a podcast and just get podding here. It was awesome. (laughs) So, yes, it's also helped uh, diction on the podcast, for sure. I mean, I would say under... I would say there's probably, I think there's one time that I, that I know about. I think you said on Monday, you went out, you went hard on a Monday. I did. I did it on Monday. And then a couple times um, there was, there's a little bit of a, it's Friday. Let's celebrate it. So yeah. we did 4 PM instead of 5 PM to really ring in the weekend. There you go. I like it. A little, little happy hour, little maybe hour. Yeah, but I think there was like legit just kind of like one where it's just like, all right, 3 p.m., fuck it. Let's just rock it. Yeah, I did have one beer at lunch like two weeks ago, like during the work week, and I was like, fuck it. And then like Saturday, yesterday, I had like, 
I was drinking throughout the day, but I was in the yard. I don't know. You can't really see it, but I got a fucking crazy sunburn. I was, I was uh, pumping up the Dr. Mrs. The commish bought this insane like water thing that you connect the hose to. And it's a, it's a rainbow, right. With two clouds on the end. Um, And I had to manually pump it up with air spoiler alert didn't fucking work because like i was like dying i was gassed out my shoulders were burning and i needed to pump up this huge thing and then when we got the hose in there it like was still too heavy and was like wilting the fucking thing so i gave up but i got a nice little sunburn but i was drinking the whole time i was doing that and it was like squarely two o'clock in the afternoon good bro good well it's just it's good to hear both of us kind of as a default we at least have this rule yes is good uh, we're kind of we're sticking to it a little bit exactly uh, all right uh you sent me you'd like to put a uh, number of roll of toilet paper gone through gross denied off the board can't put any lines on that all right moving on to jalapenos consumed oh this is more of a you thing we don't eat a lot of jalapenos and uh i did buy a pico de gallo from the grocery store the other day yeah. that i thought was just green peppers and mrs dr mrs commish like cannot handle heat she stays out of that kitchen. Um, but I did get it and it was had jalapenos in it and it fucking ruined her night. Um, but it went not in a bad way. It was it was it was the right amount, but I was like, no, these are green peppers. And she's like, no, it's fucking a jalapeno. And I was like, oh, you're right, it is. Uh all right, I want you to guess on this one, bro. How many jalapenos have I put down? Fifty days. I know you like to you like to mix it in a lot of different ways. I'm going to say Eight, eight jalapenos. I had it set at 12. 12. Ooh, okay. All right. But you're right. I, funny, like I put it, you know me too well because I listed out. I was just like, all right, so I put it in my mashed potatoes. I put it in my Caesar salads. Uh, what? This is nuts. Like, when we do like a little cheese, like cracker cheese for the steak nights that we do, put a little jalapeno on top of that. Like yes. I got jalapenos are just, they're in everything. That, that's what made me think of that. When you were mixing up the little marinade for it and you had to like cut them up in there and you're like yep. in the bag. Mm-hmm. I was digging it. I was digging your vibe. Um, oh, th- I got to make a reminder because we had it the other day. I don't want to spoil it for the podcast or for you, Brandana. Ooh. I'm going to, I'm going to maybe Amazon fresh you some, some items. That'll Ooh. be a nice, uh, that'll be right up your alley. Cause we just had it. Dr. Demis is the commission made it for us. We right there squarely up your alley. I'll make sure oh. jalapeno gets gets in there too for you and you and champ. So sweet. All right, for that I'll let you do it. Let's get through it really quick. Number roll is a toilet paper gone through, over under. Oh, uh, in my house because my girls use it like fucking, uh, you know, whatever something that gets used <laughs> often is. Yeah. Uh, I would I would say probably like. 28 rolls like we use oh, a wow. lot of toilet paper yes it's insane dude it's fucking nuts yeah, that is maybe lot. not maybe that's too many in 50 days yeah well we have five people in here everyone's using it we have two nannies i mean okay. you know but we have a lot of people every, coming through here it means every other day you're changing a roll. pretty fucking well, yeah that's a lot maybe like 23 then it's pretty close to it dude it's maybe like yeah. every two days Commission is like yeah. dab, throw it in the toilet. I mean, it's that's how it goes. Uh, would it be out of balance to like ask your nannies to just bring their own toilet paper? Is that like frowned upon or? Right. <laughs> it could uh, be. I could. I, I could tell. Them. Hey, we've got a 
we got a bucket outside. <laughs> you know what I mean? If you wouldn't mind, don't mind the neighbors. Um, all right, bro. Uh, just a couple more. We'll get through it and then we'll wrap up this fucking dynamite podcast. Dynamite podcast. Uh, <laughs> number of TV hours. Is it up for you on a whole or down? Ooh, TV hours. I would say it's probably slightly up because I've been finding myself staying up later. You know what I mean? Like Dr. Mrs. Kish comes home. It's like the first like adult conversation I can have. We end up staying up a little bit later. Usually we try and go to bed by 11. I've been going to bed at like midnight, bro. I've been, you know, but I'm still getting up early, but I'm, I'm, burning it a little bit of maybe that's also adding to the kid frustration too maybe i need to get a little bit deeper sleep bro you know i'm pro seven hours 45 minutes you know sleep is on my top three list of most important things you can take care of yourself and i right right next to podcasting and jalapenos i got it sleep Sleep. um yeah i think my tv is down a little bit just because the um this is all sounding braggy, but it's just, I, I try to get back into like, just up the reading a little bit, which has helped. Like, yep. cause I think midday when it's easy midday, I would find where like on Saturday or something, you just click something on with kind of, if you don't have any goal for the day, then like Netflix will just take over the fucking day. For and sure. You swim through and like watch shit you've already seen. Like I'm rewatching like the office and you do that for like three hours. You're like, what the fuck am I doing? Right. Like, it, like, like either if you want to do that, like schedule out your day, it's just like uh, watch bullshit TV. I've already seen and put that like right. a block of that and then do that. But don't just be like, I don't know really what to do. So I guess I'll open this truly at two o'clock and like fire up fucking Amazon prime and watch that. Yeah. Again. yeah. It's uh, it's definitely one of those things where it's after the kids go to bed. Cause like, there's not a lot of TV on during the day at all for us, which is good. Uh, and it's, and it's easy. Cause of, like, I've, if we had the TV on then they're going to hammer us to watch the TV and like in the back of your mind, you're like, I know they shouldn't be watching TV, so I can't watch TV either. So it's a nice little accountability thing for us. But I would say like, we're probably watching like an extra show at night that, you know, that we probably don't need to be watching. And the other good thing is like during, at least I'm still working. So, and I can't, I'm not good enough to like have a tv program on in the background while i'm doing something because then i just end up not doing what i'm supposed to be doing and watching the tv yeah exactly that's like yeah i used to be and that's what you know what's funny uh life-changing pod we know everyone these are insights so we'll hit you with it real fast uh (laughs) just get like down the tangent Uh, i get it we're fucking kings among men i get it all right right. (laughs) you're totally inspired right now you're making changes in your life you just want to let us know thank you it may be sports podcast gmon.com drop us a line uh yes with that being said uh i am trying to cut out the this goes a little bit to that book i sent you to the uh, undistractable um i used to just have shit playing in the background this time what you said, but I've tried to eliminate that. I try to eliminate like a podcast in the background or like TV in the background. Cause it's just like, you're just, whatever your task is, isn't getting your full comp- like um, attention. So it's yeah. just kind of makes it take a little bit longer. Yep. Yeah. I, I, uh, I a hundred percent agree. And I can't like, I can't find myself like listening to a podcast and doing work. I really can't do it with music either. I just need to be like, focused on this like when, when i was painting the basement i can listen to podcasts then because that takes my mind away from the monotony of the motion of what i'm doing but yes like actual like what needs to you know have brain function to go on to do this project or whatever i'm doing i need to just be in it and i can't focus in on it if i if i have tv in the background as much as i'd like the distraction 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, brother, let's wrap this up real fast. You wanted to touch on something, um, kind of one thing, even if it doesn't seem that big that you kind of miss the most, an activity you wish you could do. Yeah, yeah, haircuts, man. It's getting there. The quaff is looking good yeah. on the Zoom. I got to say, Brandana, um, if there was like a guy who nailed it in this quarantine, I got to say it's you. You were – it made me really think about like if the shit hits the fan – I, I want to follow what you're doing because immediately you're like, buzz my head. Let's <laughs> yeah. just fucking knock this out. Yeah. Let's get into prison Brandana rules. Yeah. Let's fucking do this. And here I am. I was like, eh, maybe we'll, maybe we'll have haircuts still in a week <laughs> or two. And now I'm like just staring down the barrel of this like insane quaff. And uh, you know, and uh, it's, it's hard to look like, you know, respectable when you have, I'm not getting a minimum. If everything goes right, May 11th is when we I can at least start to get a haircut. And now I'm like, I, and I'm a guy who I schedule my my haircuts every five weeks, Mondays 4:30. You know where to find me. You get, it's me getting a little most awesome time in. Barbecue. <laughs> uh, so there's there's no like uh, Doctor Mr. the Commission just taking a run at it like a week from now if people aren't no. up to cut hair. No, no, no. She has said. <laughs> definitely like not not in my wheelhouse i don't i don't want to do it yeah. unless it was like going brain dana with the full buzz but now it's gonna be like now i'm gonna if i can't buzz my hair now because then they're gonna look at me and be like what's up dude why why were you so off on this <laughs> yeah yeah all right uh yeah that's fair i think we got it there early enough i think the big thing that i missed out on the one kind of just little thing i'm i like flying I, I like being on airplane yeah. and above all, like I like layovers in airport bars and I miss that. Yeah. That's it. exciting. A little part of my DNA. It's where this podcast, it's where this podcast came from. It's when I called you to talk yeah. about Delvin Cook's knee injury and why ACL and MCL injuries were up so much. Yep. And you were just like, and then we got into it and I was like, holy shit, people this, should hear this phone conversation. Yeah. How can they make people hear us on the phone? Right, exactly, a hundred percent. Have they said anything? Not to get too under the Corona thing. Have they said anything about California? Like, what's the plan on it? Do you know? Like, is there? Are they or are they talking about reopening things or? What's I, the know, story? I know. I know. I heard mid-May, and I haven't heard an update past that. I think the big thing for me is, uh, ev just about everyone I knew in New York has left New York, except for yeah. my who's right. there. So for me, it's just. Um, but the interesting thing is I imagine the safe thing would be uh, after I fly to kind of quarantine myself for another 14 days. So it's, a, so it's kind of a balance. Like if I see work on the horizon, I need to kind of get to New York and just be quarantined. But it doesn't sound like anything's going to be open in New York for the public until like June. At the yeah, yeah. So you're, you're probably, you're another couple more weeks in Chateau Champion. Yep. Skipping up the routine. That's right, man. Uh, that's right. Doing your time, doing your bid, motherfucker. That's right. Speaking of routines, that's how you get to 114 fucking podcasts. <laughs> that's right. You guys heard it. Uh, MVP of the week. So let's hit it real fast. Um, I like we're hitting up a little people during this quarantine time that deserve some air horns, and I will give it to essential workers. <laughs> like grocery store workers, all the people out there that kind of have to walk the, the thin line of the contradiction of everyone needs to stay at home, but people also need fucking groceries. And all that's right. They need a uh, you know veterinarian care. So the people that are still clocking in during this time and trying to be safe, I uh, hope to stay healthy and appreciate you and recognize you. 
Absolutely. hundred percent co-sign it. I wish I had gone first because I was going to go with little Dicky, <laughs> the, the rapper. Um, if you are looking for one of those shows to watch Dave, the show on FX, God damn. I know. <laughs> I wish I had gone first. <laughs> you still commit to it. You're like, well, right. this is my Let's go. That's my MVP. I'm gonna change it now. Here we are. I'm just, I'm just churning, baby. Um, but I would say it is an excellent show, Brandana. If you haven't watched it, you'd love it because it's got a little rom-com aspect of it. Right. It's also got good humor, some freestyle rapping. It's a great. Doctor Mrs. The Commish loves the show. She she loves it. She thinks it's great and it's super talented. It's a little dicky. Uh, excellent show uh i would i would you can binge watch it on fx or hulu if you have it it's on there okay awesome brother i will check it out guys this has been the most awesome brand new sports podcast episode 114 you want to drop a slide it may be sports podcast at gmail.com guys we appreciate you listening so much hope you guys are staying healthy and happy and had a few laughs uh, i am brandana once you sign yourself off most awesome oh pod audience you know we bring that podcast heat with a little jalapeno Runway. Style. Fame. She likes fashion.